this is the Corner to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. I am speaking with Norma O'Kelly. Norma is a powerhouse. She is a director in Salesforce, a coach of a number of disciplines. And over the past, I would say, 20 years, her life has been transformative. She has gone from living to extremes to living a well-balanced life. And I can't wait for you to hear her story because it's so important. Um, she has experienced grief and illness in abundance over the past couple of years and has dealt with her feelings, but has also chosen to help others, which just shows the nature of Norma. She is a giving person and she simply wants to help people. I really hope you enjoy listening to Norma's corporate cam journey as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hi Norma, how are you? Good Linda, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the Corporate to Cam podcast. I'm so excited uh, to chat to you. We'll get straight into it. Tell me about your career. How did it start? How is it going? Where is it going? Um, I think, and even listening to some of your other guests, I was someone who, you know, as a teenager, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I loved and I loved French. So no matter what I was going to do, I had to do French in college, even if it meant, as my father said, What's that degree going to get you? And I'm actually recording this in my teenage bedroom. So it's very fitting that I'm coming full circle. But um, I did, yeah, I did language and cultural studies in college in UL and an arts degree. And I skipped into college every day. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I, my brother was doing business and he was miserable because he felt he had to. And I think it, the grace of being a second child and seeing the elder, you know, nearly F it up, you know, I think it was kind of, I'm grateful for him for paving the way for making it easier for me to choose what I love. So yeah, I, I, I literally skipped into college for, for three years. One year was abroad um, in San Francisco. I did a kind of more of a business studies co-op 2001, um, sorry, 2000, the year 2000, I was in San Francisco and um, the height of the dot com was starting. Um, and uh, a lot of even the company I work for now, which I will talk about later, were around the corner establishing their business 99, 2000. So, um, I ended up kind of just taking an interest in people, I think was probably always my thing. Um, um, but my French, when I graduated college and I'd spent summers in France and summers in Belgium, I did a did an Erasmus in Belgium. I was always abroad, kind of learning languages, waitress in Spain, every child should do that. Um, or teenagers should get away for the summer. Um, and I found myself kind of, again, not really knowing what I was going to do. So I was looking at graduate programs. Yeah. Um, and I overheard somebody talking about the EOP at the time, which was IBEC run kind of, um, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, graduate program. And I ended up applying to Jameson Irish Distillers. Oh, and wow. I was one, 
I was one of those people who got a Carlsberg job coming out of college um, where I moved to Paris and um, worked for Jameson Art and Art Sitters as their brand ambassador. It was myself and my really good friend, Jenny, who I know will probably listen to this podcast. Um, uh, such a, a loyal and great friend. We She was working on Paddy and Bushmills and I was working on Jameson. And the friends I made in Paris in 2001, 2002, are still my some of my closest friends. Um, we were like the crew O2 from Paris, all Irish, all played Gaelic football, <laughs> had an absolute blast. Um, best way to really throw yourself into business and people. Um, and yeah, it was like life-changing kind of graduateship um, in and marketing the, predominantly. And that's a really big thing that you had a language, so it opened up to you. Yeah, as an arts degree, like I was in with all these marketing graduates, but I had really good French because I had spent all my summers and I'd studied abroad. So I, you know, some ways, some days I say I, I bullshitted my way into marketing, but other ways then I say I charmed my way into marketing, which is more a marketeer's <laughs> yeah, approach. Charmed is, is such a nicer turn of yeah, phrase. <laughs> exactly. So I charmed myself into marketing and um after a year of drinking Jameson and uh, espressos every day, and I genuinely, it was hardcore on the system, I knew I needed some time out. So I went and did the usual backpacking on my own, had a ball. Every Again, everyone should do that. And when you rush straight into a job after college, you know, definitely some time out. And then I started really, I suppose the career as such really started when I came back to Ireland. I was based down in Cork and I ended up working for a good few drinks companies. Okay. Um, I think there is a thing when in drinks, when you stay, you know, you start in drinks, you could end up staying in drinks. For It's very glamorous and it was height of Celtic Tiger as well. So I was working for Bacardi, Jack Daniels, Southern Comfort, all the big greats based down in Cork, traveling all over Ireland. Loved it, um, but really felt I was going on a bit of a slippery slope into sales more than marketing um and I did a year of self-employment actually as well around kind of mid-20s and I sold my services into kind of local drinks companies and did a bit of that and then I was like, okay I'll, I'll come to Dublin you know this is where it's at you know resisted Dublin for a few years and then all my friends were all my Paris gang were back in Dublin I was like okay I better give in so I ended up working for Nokia Oh, um, so I got out of drinks, which was a brave move at the time, because, again, you could really get pigeonholed into one in- industry. But I knew I love variety. I'm somebody I'm a total magpie, like shiny new. Go for it. Um, Nokia. <laughs> Nokia had 90 percent market share at the time when I started. Oh, um, my God. The, the, the Nokia Blockia. <laughs> Blockia. Um, uh, I can, and my, my initials are NOK. So I was born to work there. Um, <laughs> had an absolute ball, actually. And I know that's where we have something in common. I was in trade marketing. So I worked with your Vodafones, your Aircoms and everyone in between me series at the time, um, had an absolute ball. Um, the gravy train years, as we all refer to them and the best people to work for Finnish companies, you know, mainland European companies. I, I learned so much yeah. of just. Customer is king and really, really, I learned so many great things and did my master's during those years, actually, okay. as well. My master's in marketing really felt I needed something a bit more solid to say I was a marketeer. Comparison being the thief of joy when you sit in a room full of marketeers and you didn't study marketing. I really, I was big into that at the time. So I did my marketing um, and it was during my time in Nokia, actually, I got sick and I was diagnosed with endometriosis and that really changed the face of everything for me um, and of Maybe not in recent times, but definitely you know, often in the last 10 years would have said that was a blessing um, to get sick because I was cruising towards uh, a very short life. I think the life I was living around that time. Right. 
um, burning candle at both ends, studying, working, traveling, um, lived more or less on Lower Leeson Street, um, was walked home on my bare feet on a Saturday night at three o'clock. I had great years, you know. Um, but yeah, I think getting sick was a chance to really pause and reflect what I really wanted for my life. So mm-hmm. it did kind of change the trajectory of my career after that. Um, Naki, as we well know, kind of plummeted and had a, an early demise, sadly. And I started to diversify and I went into gaming for a little bit as well. Wow. Um, yeah, I had a stint in gaming company, Mad Coo Popcap Games. They're an amazing company. They were bought out by EA when I was there. Oh wow, so amazing! I, That's a great, a great kind of place to have been. A, a small oh, company being bought out by a, a, a giant yeah. in the field. It was mad because I, I was part of the Nokia were acquired by Microsoft and obviously had my first redundancy. And I was only a wet week in Popcap when I got my second redundancy. Um, so I know exactly what it feels like to be at that, in particular in Nokia, you know, where you feel you were a number and, you know, your your days are, you know, not as acknowledged that hard work that you gave, you know. But um, I think the second redundancy I didn't take as, as bad and I went off traveling. Um, yeah. So back after that, I did my, I did an interview when I was in the jungle in um, Brazil for um, a, a tech startup in Dublin. Um, if you're going to do an interview at like 5am in the morning in a hostel in like in Brazil um, for a tech startup, that's the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I came home and I and I worked for this um, startup, which um, I won't even name. But yeah, basically it was pretty crazy and it didn't last very long, but it was a brilliant eye opener into kind of startup and SaaS. So SaaS yes. was kind of the start of when I was, it was an enterprise Ireland back company. And um, I really opened up my eyes to, oh my God, like software as a service. I had no clue. I had no clue. I'd come from consumer marketing for most of my career. Um, and I really didn't know this B2B kind of tech industry existed. Mm. And I was really excited. So after I left the startup, I went and kind of was like, okay, I think corporate is where I belong. I feel safer there. You know, I had a lot of unsettling months between redundancies and everything. And I went and joined Oracle. So, and Oracle, the granddaddy of tech really at that stage, Uh, a bit, I suppose, had similarities to Nokia. We were like the granddad at the disco is what we used to call ourselves in Nokia. And Oracle had that kind of similarities. Yeah. Uh, um, And some great people. Like I, I really will say about Oracle, I think I met some fantastic people some that I'm still quite close to as friends um uh, but didn't stay very long learned the trade learned how to sell tech um I was in sales programs kind of pivoted away from marketing at that stage um to kind of get a better understanding of how this model of like inside sales works um and kind of online selling and grasped it within 18 months and uh, very grateful Salesforce headhunted me into the business um, <coughs> so seven years ago I joined Salesforce um, as um, a marketing manager um, in small and medium business space, which was brilliant based on having spent time in a startup and even being self-employed into kind of smaller enterprises. I mm-hmm. really have a fondness for that side of the business. So, yeah, I am now a director of marketing in Salesforce um, and then of more recent years, uh, cutting to who I am now, I suppose, and who I really more relate myself to during that time in Salesforce, actually the last five years have probably been the most challenging of my life, I would say, health-wise, family-wise, grief-wise, um, uh, and, and all in between. Um, so I discovered I was a natural mentor, I think, you know, during my mm-hmm. time in Oracle and more for Salesforce. Um, 
and the more I looked into mentorship, I really started more identifying as coaching and mm-hmm. trained um, five years ago, went back to college and trained as a coach, qualified four years ago this month. Very fitting, actually. Um, and I think, I, yeah, I, the day I, I opened the door into the Irish Life Coach Institute, I was like, I'm home. I found what I really, really love. Um, and I suppose that has been the start of being I have a, a what's the word a, a, a career that is you know a little bit of everything now yeah. so as much as like marketing is the foundation it pays the mortgage and I absolutely love it and my team I'm they are the company have been so good to me um, but my real heart is in coaching and helping people and um, so that's kind of I am also an internal coach at work as well actually and yeah. then I have a small part-time gig um that has been a little bit on pause due to health reasons of recent months but hopefully starting out again um and I take some clients two or three clients max kind of every week um in coaching and absolutely adore it so that's that's a very whistle stop tour into uh, my mad career I love it so concise and um great a great understanding of of where you've come from to where you are um yeah coaching like we we tend to think of coaches as like the traditional I, I suppose um career coaches um and now we see confidence coaches you are so much more than that you have <laughs> a lot of coaching background and it's something that's come to the fore in recent years like you know between the menopause between um burnout um tell me about that that, that it's intriguing because it's it's something I think a lot of people didn't realize they needed and they do need it. Yeah, I think and I, I think we as coaches, we end up mirroring a lot of what's going on for our clients. So we end up attracting other things that have happened to us or things that are still happening to us. So I think yeah. what I found burnout and, you know, I spoke about, you know, when I was got sick in my years in Aki and I was diagnosed with endometriosis and ended up having a pretty major surgery. And that was burnout. That was 100% burnout. So as I started coaching, I started identifying kind of themes and people that I kept seeing coming up. And uh, a lot of it is down to self-worth ultimately. Um, And I think there, we have such a productivity part of our brain must be productive that we can't stop and pause. It's like we haven't, we can't give ourselves permission to pause because the world has not given Mm. us permission so I, in particular, during lockdown, I started coaching a lot of people through through burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I was openly speaking about it on social media and they were attracted to coming to me. And I started to kind of unlock something in each of them that I was like, OK, there is a bit of a formula to this. It's not too good night's sleep. You know, yes. it's going to cure. It's not self-care either. It's way deeper. And I think as a coach and thankfully the training I got from Irish Life Coach Institute is has brought me to a much deeper place. And mm-hmm. it is around, you know, burnout is a cycle and it will yeah. reappear in your life again and again and again. Um, giving over to other people, not knowing what your values are, you know, having limiting beliefs. Um, just unfortunately, the, the world we live in is a take system. Yes. Um, and taking time for ourselves is just it's linked to our whole culture as well um, and even internationally as well it's not just unique to Ireland I think so the burnout thing has happened quite naturally um, and I love to see people it takes time it's not like a three tick session and you're done you know it takes a, a few months 
Um, but I suppose where now I see the involvement really is identifying. I've recently just gone through a surgical menopause mm-hmm. and I can safely say I very much still am. Um, and I am so moved when I hear menopause stories. I am not a qualified expert and I don't claim to be. And that's the yeah. thing about a coach. You know, you, you're not an expert. You're there yeah. to guide and support and elicit solutions within, within the person. You are not there. So for me, menopause coaching is that I didn't know who to turn to initially. I didn't have that support. I am 43. My peers are perimenopause and they're probably even cautiously not even identifying with that yet. Um, and I actually swim with the most amazing women who are 10 years my senior. And I'm nearly identifying more with what they're going through from a body point of view. And I, I really feel there's a, there's, I'm finding it hard to identify who I am and I yeah. know I would need that support. And I know I've had people reach out to me a lot on Instagram that there is room for more people who are going through a midlife um, time in their, in their life where they really don't know what's going on and they, yes. they're blaming themselves. They're no compassion for what they're going through. And I'm that person to help them through. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for me, it's new, it's new waters as well. So um and I think that's it, it. It's so interesting because obviously, um, people are talking about it more. It's becoming less taboo. Women's health, like in general, and we can talk about women's health from the time you're twelve to the time oh, you're eighty. Eleven, you know, in my case. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. it's it's. But yeah. what one thing that struck me that you just said there, it's like self care isn't enough, you know, and corporations kind of think oh we'll bring a nutritionist in and a a pilates or a yoga teacher and boxes ticked and that it's not just about making time to go to an exercise class every week and eating well it's so much deeper than that you know and so much deeper and I think you know I would say I I, in my leadership style at work is very much about creating a place of safety you know you can create those classes in any setting corporate small business wherever in the world uh, you know if they don't feel safe that they can go to that and feel held that the space will still be there for them when they come back and that that will be honored there is no point you know so I think feeling you know a deep sense of safety I think is not is really underestimated and like we're all and I know not to go too deep but like the inner child is in with all of us you know and if we don't feel and I think it starts with the leader of of a team you know I think you know it's it's and and we're all leaders yeah it, all it takes is one person to change the dynamic of a group you know um and yeah uh coming back to that but coming back to the women's health thing Linda I think you know you hit the nail on the head like this country in particular you know we are women are second classes and you know there's still so much deep 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 shame and um felt on our side and we're made being felt shameful, you know, um, whether it's menopause, whether it's gynae care, whether it's abortion, whether it's, you know, the debate that's going on at the moment, you know, it's, we really, and I saw it firsthand, I think during, during lockdown, you know, there was no gynecologist surgeries for any women, not unless it was life threatening. Um, um, whereas if you were a man with prostate cancer, I'd be pretty sure, you know, you, you were first to be seen, so that's really, really worrying. That really, really unsettled me um, that despite our, you know, repeal changes, we have a long way to go in Ireland. And, you know, there's so many doctors in this country that refuse women 
a menopause medication. And yeah. even when they even when they've convinced their GP they need it, now we can't even get it. So don't yeah. even start me on the, yeah. you know, um, the requirement. Like, so I, I think I, I, is Virag- Viagra so- going out of stock? No. Now there's so much and I have listened to amazing podcasts around, you know, the shortage of HRT. There's so much more to it, you know, but I still think no surprise that it's 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 women's midlife medication that's not in stock, you know. Um so and really expensive and not on always on the medical card either. So and as a sufferer of endometriosis and previously adamiosis, they're not even recognized, you know, um as 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 true diseases as such um on you know the hc list for long-term care you know so it's it's frightening and it makes me so sad that i think i'm so moved by it that i want to be a part of not the solution but definitely the support system um so yeah and those changes hopefully will help somebody to help somebody else it's a karma effect you know and why do you think like this country is just so afraid i mean I mean, I, I I can guess your answer, but like in in you know, I think we're it's, so it is deeply to talk about it. Yeah, I think there's so it, it is the word shame. I think there is that, you know, like even from the very first moment, you know, a young girl gets their period, it's all hush hush. You know, yes. it's not to be celebrated. It's you know, you the sanitary towels are <laughs> are not open with the bread, like you know, um, and I I just have such respect for the women that are you know, are getting behind a revolution behind period, you know, your likes of absolutely major time for Kitty Maguire, you know, and people like that in Ireland, um, period poverty that are really putting it out there and making people comfortable to talk about what happens 50% of the population, yeah. you know, every day. And um, so I think it's deeply rooted. It's, it's, it's gener, gener, generations of trauma. And I wouldn't mind our ancestors, you know, our, our, the women of Ireland had had such a thing as the red tent in the Celtic times. It was celebrated, yeah. you know, and speaking for somebody who has and had horrific pain, it wasn't, you know, it's not that we're celebrating pain. It's, it's celebrating womanhood and minding each other, holding space, allowing people to calm down. I really get really incensed when I see the ads of like, you know, you're undoing ballet, you know, when she has her period, you yeah. know, we are allowed to stop, you know, we are allowed to stop <laughs> and um, we are allowed to pause. And it's going back to what I said earlier. And we don't always need to be productive. Yeah. You know? um, and it's it's honoring that time of the month and even and the transition we go through in menopause. It's the word pause is within yeah. menopause. Yeah. And we're, and, and we're trying to race through our life to get it over with, to take the box, you know. And so you, met, you mentioned that you're you've been so supportive um, for what you've gone through for the past. I mean, it, it's years, but obviously it's come yeah. to a head in the in the past few months. And um, but yeah. there's a lot of women who aren't. And I'm sure you're he- hearing a lot of stories mm. and everything like that. That you know, there's no I mean, there's very few places to, to bloody breastfeed or express in, in or Irish offices. Or change <laughs> you know, or yeah. um, there's no, I mean, the, the, you know, there's no place to feel that safeness, I suppose, more than anything else, you know, and because, that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm thinking about even having your period every month and PMS and it's yeah. like, oh, she's just a psycho and I hate that, but it's, it's. Or you even, know, you know, the whole, oh, you know, 
you know, that kind of nod by, you know, the patriarch. Oh, she's on her period. So, yeah. you know, take take 10 steps back as opposed to like, actually, you know, are you okay? You yeah. Know? And I think it is the start of that is it, are you okay? And I do think I am somebody who will put myself in not so really uncomfortable, vulnerable places to try and change things up a bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, even if it means, and like I have been overly vulnerable on things and it, it hasn't always gone the way I want it to go. You know, when you're, yeah. um, I think Brené is an amazing woman, but like you have to have some boundaries within your vulnerability. And I didn't always have, I think at the start even. So I think knowing that when you can allow that space, and again, it's going back to that safety, um, that women, whether it's breastfeeding, whether it's, you know, taking time to feel whatever they need to feel in the moment, um, whether it's period, whether it's, you know, taking time out to to care for an elder, you know, I've yeah. been in, in a position of caring for my mother when she was dying. You know, all businesses need to respect that women at certain periods of their life need more space, but they will come back stronger if you give it to them. Yeah. You know, rather than pu- punishing, I suppose. Um, or, or feeling shamed for yeah. asking. Yeah. You know, I think that's really important to say. And yeah, I yeah. am, I am so lucky to work for a company that definitely have made huge advancements in that, you know, whether it's carers leave, whether it's, you know, parental leave for both parents um, and even from availability of sanitary towels, free yeah. sanitary towels. It, it's something simple as that where, okay, you're acknowledging that somebody's going through something and we're going to be there for them. And, you know, yeah. it doesn't take a lot of money. <laughs> it actually no. doesn't take. Well, in comparison to what these big corporations spend on frivolous, Thing. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it really is. It really is just, it's little things and people being brave enough to speak and ask if somebody's okay. You know, it's as simple as that. And, um, you mentioned your, your lovely mum there. Um, yes. And that's another, I mean, aspect on, on your social media and everything like that. You're so mm-hmm. open and honest about your, your grief and the journey that you've mm. come through and her lovely life and everything. Um, so like, how has that helped you sharing that journey and do you think it's helped others I mean not that I mean do you care that it's helped others I don't mean to oh I do I do like I think I think my my first initial I was so raw in those early days and I um I don't have a sister right and I always felt a little a little bit at a loss how to navigate things in life um and I already kind of had started my, my, I suppose my Instagram before then, and I was still quite small and I just felt the need to share. I write to help my feelings and sharing it really at the time was very cathartic. And I know I was probably a little bit ahead of the curve. Loads of people obviously have since, you know, been very vocal on their grief, but I did feel again, it was the start of helping other people Mm-hmm. And I discuss it openly. And I had honestly, what kept me going was people were messaging me and just saying, thank you for being so honest. I've never come across somebody so honest in your vulnerability. And yeah, those early months were so raw. I took sabbatical actually yeah. um, after she died because I've been caring for her for 16 months and on and off between work and then full-time care kind of for her last four months. And I just, it was so such a unique experience for me. And it is a club you know, and knowing that you're not alone is really important, whether that was for me at the time, but now it's more to tell other people they're not alone and 
their grief is valid and give themselves time. It's not a year like you don't like, oh, yes. you're better now. You know, it's 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 with you for life and and it changes um, so much. And I think coaching for me, I always call it the gateway drug into deep therapy um, because it has led me to go much deeper in my therapy and, mm-hmm. you know, to go through. And I think until I got to that point, you know, I was going to have this kind of cycle of mother themes that kept coming up, not becoming a mother, losing my mother. Um, I, you know, I've had a miscarriage. I've had, you know, failed or well, not even failed, but even cancelled IBS. So like, sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah. But you, no more than yourself, Linda. So many women go through things that they don't get a chance to share. Um, if they don't have that, I, I have amazing friends, don't get me wrong. And actually, I love that some of my friends don't even follow me on social, actually, because yeah. I get to have a different relationship with them. My best friend isn't even on any of the socials. And I love that, actually, because we get to have, you know, real deep, authentic support for each other. Um, and I'm not saying I, I would like to think I'd be relatively authentic. I am authentic online, but it's a different type of space you're holding for yourself and others. Um, and yeah, I I have a deep gratitude to my mother's death bringing out that aspect of myself and coaching I was lucky enough that it all kind of happened in around the same time that I qualified and she got sick and I had that I knew there was a huge power in my vulnerability now I'm a bit more I bring a bit more of a balance into it because I know I need to protect myself too you can't give it all away as such you know um so I'm learning that as a new waters as well I think um, and you mentioned there about like deep therapy and before, like, have, have you had a coach? Have you? Yeah. So got uh, coaches, coaches, yeah. as, as they say about boyfriends, I'm sure anyone could have one. Um, <laughs> so I have several coaches for different things. Um, you know, I have a mentor coach that is helping me through um, kind of professional qualification process and making sure, you know, ethically, you know, we're, we're insured, you know, um, and we're backed by a member of the our, um, International Coaching Federation. So very important to have your mentor coach. And then I've my own coach for kind of like my, you know, little business. Um, uh, and then I have I do weekly therapy as well. Yeah. Um, and then under we're so lucky with an amazing coaching group within work as well. Um, and we hold space, space for each other and we monthly meetups and peer groups and share. I'm a high impact I'm a teaming coach as well at work. Love um, kind of the teaming. And so we have to meet again. It's all to keep us fresh, to keep us. We're only as good as the help we get to help mm. others, you know, so really important. And do you ever think that um, you can see somebody in your work or in your personal life who don't recognize that they need help and you can see it like how 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 can you like can you can you give maybe the listeners some cues and you know maybe you're struggling or I think what I say to people is something will the volume will get turned up on something for it to be so painful that you're going to do something about it Mm -hmm. and that pain can come in different formats that pain that discomfort can come in feeling stuck like that they feel so stuck that they they don't know there's a way and they're not alone I think it's to know that you can go and get objective help um to help feel unstuck you are lacking in confidence where you find yourself doubting everything you're saying or afraid for you know something that's coming up and you're petrified and the volume will get turned up on that so much that you'll need help I think um change of life circumstances you know whether it's 
you know, maternity or, um, you know, whether it's coming back to work after maternity, mm-hmm. caring for a parent, moving house. These are really uncomfortable experiences, you know, on the list of most stressful things in your life. You yes. know, that that list, there is the list of people who need help, you know, grief, um, burnout. Definitely. There's so much. Yeah. But it's if you are feeling really in a place of discomfort right now and it, it is so uncomfortable and you don't know a way out, please get help in whatever yeah. format that comes. It doesn't always have to be a coach, but you're not alone. That's what I would say. Another positive um, aspect that came out of your grief and your journey was uh, Wim Hof. Yeah. Your, your <sighs> journey with Wim, who probably a lot of us are only seeing, well, seeing now on in B- the last few on BBC. weeks on yeah. BBC. So tell Crazy me about, Vim. yeah, tell me about Wim. Well, actually, it was nothing about Vim initially. I didn't even know who he was, the lunatic <laughs> that he is. Um, I, this time, three years ago, my mother had died and I was um, on a sabbatical and I had this thing. I was going to take time and I was going to swim, really wanted to swim. And when I was in, the, um, as my mother was dying, of course, there was many, many weeks of sitting in a hospice and um, she actually had five weeks in hospice. And I started to come across all these like cold water therapy for grief and um and I was really, really interested. There was all these people sea swimming. And I was like, oh, yeah. And my mum loved the sea as well. And we used to always do our kind of summer swims. So it was that that really attracted me to it. And I found this this guy who was like in Buddhistan. And he is the amazing Neil Overaku. And I was like, wow, I'd love to do that. Oh, I'm going to buy myself one of those courses for my birthday. Didn't have a clue. Thought it was ice baths. Literally didn't have a clue. And that was going to help me swim. Didn't know who Wim Hof was at all. Didn't know who he was at all. No clue. Minus clue. And I swear to God, I, it was just, I got into that ice for the first time and I took my first breath in around two years. I hadn't, I hadn't been breathing. Yeah. I hadn't taken a breath. So the Wim Hof method is made up of three things. It's not just the cold. So it's breathing. It is cold exposure and it is also the mindset. And for me, it's even I'd add in a fourth and it's the community and the people I've met. It's been hugely transformative in my life. Um, I know I spoke about my swim group, but I probably learned <laughs> 10 different Wim Hof groups. You'll find me down in Clare a lot um, in the Cliffs Moher retreat with Michelle um, Maroney and and Neil, who is kind of uh, does a lot of his retreats down there. I've been actually post hysterectomy. I got a chance to go and train with his two daughters, Wim's daughters, um, Lara and Isabella. Um, and I've I, again, that was some of the things I've kept privately um, uh, in the last few months that I will share. Where, again, where was that? In Amsterdam, outside wow. Amsterdam. And wow. it was it was the start of feeling really, really, really well. Actually, after the hysterectomy, so many things had gone wrong, um, as they do, you know, in, in terms of major operation. And getting back into the ice again, I just felt so empowered and came home and did 21 days of cold and like just heart burst open again for it you know yeah. um I I will say it's not a cure-all right I think people you know they find it and they think any of these things I you know I've a lot of healing to do after such a big surgery I was unfortunate at the end of my 21 days that I got COVID again so um and it but it does help me get back you know the minute I do the Wim Hof breathing again like it really helps my lungs I've been lucky that COVID hasn't impacted my lungs yes, um, yeah. and even the first time I got COVID I did Wim Hof breathing every day um, it has changed who I am I'm in my bare feet right now after this call I'm going to go out and walk in the grass in my bare feet 
it's one of the things about Wim Hof is um, I don't have the heat on as much. I love a cold bedroom now. I love, you know, I, I genuinely, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like at the end of a shower, I will have a cold shower. Like, and I don't feel as if I've had a wash until yeah. I've had some cold. Um, and I was a cold creature. Like I still go to bed with a hot water bottle. Yeah. You know, I still, you know, I, it's the balance. I, I, I really, really learned. I was somebody who lived in, in extremes in my life and now I'm even in the last 12 months paving my way to find this new middle road yeah so it's not corporate it's not calm it's not cold it's not it's not warm it's like what's this new middle ground what's going to be right for me and um those extremes didn't serve me and that's how I got burnt out either side of these things so um Wim Hof for me as much as it is an extreme cold it brings you very much into the present moment and it focuses on the now and it, it has brought me more resilience and positivity in my life that I never had any idea. The man himself, absolute lunatic. 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 A, lo- and, a loving lunatic. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do I do take a bit of a, you know, an a la carte approach to him as well. Um, um, and I take what I need. But I Neil Yvorku is the yin of, yes. of the Wim Hof and him and Josie and their business, I and the people they've brought together, I feel I belong within them and they are they're my people. You know, yeah, they're a great bunch. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, it's funny because even on the TV, it's like, what are you in your sandals? In like you know, in <laughs> your like, like, <laughs> Yeah, lunatic. I, he's lunatic. Like he's a brilliant lunatic, but like yes. you know. Like genius, you know, there's always fine. Like his his daughters are amazing. Absolutely love them, Isabella and and Lara. And Lara was on the BBC show, yes. and and they're yes. yin and yang actually as well. And um, I'm definitely starting to find myself being much more drawn in by yin because I have I have both in me. I can be yeah. very yin and I can be very yang. But as I said, what's the new? This new middle ground. There's so much space here. Yes, like we, we don't have to make extreme choices in life. Yes. My career is is going that way as well. It's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that. Um, portfolio careers, they're called, yeah. you know, and there is so much space in the middle and yeah. so much choice. And, and it's a really nice place. And space know. for everybody. And that's the whole thing, encouraging everybody. Equality. And, and no competitiveness and community. Like, I mean, you talk about community. That's the biggest thing. Like, I mean, I it's funny when you say I got a, a, a text from... Um, a, a, a person that I did a course with a couple of years ago and she's starting a podcast and she had sent me this. just she said she had sent me um a piece of research could you could I fill this out and I was like do you have any questions and she was like yes and I was like well wh- like why wouldn't you add, you know it's sometimes it's so funny that like I have no issues. I mean, another podcast. There's millions of podcasts released every uh, bloody do, month. Exactly. You know, I, I can't wait to get back to mine at the point soon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, why yes. wouldn't you encourage somebody else to do? Oh my that? gosh! And but abundance. Like there's room for everyone, everybody. and everyone will attract the right people at the right time. You know, um, and it is about like who are your people right now, and they may not be your people next week, next month, but like yes. right now. And it's and and it's never to, never to put anyone on a pedestal. We're all human. We're all fallible. We're all yeah. you know. We're all trying to figure this shit out. Like yeah, we're trying to exactly. figure life out. Exactly. Let's do it together. Let's do and, it together. And let's not feel let's, so alone. And and you know? you know, don't feel fear and and jealousy of somebody else. Just oh, walk, walk with them and and push them 
as much as you you want to push yourself, you know, hundred percent, just... like it is it everyone, how, how you started in your podcast, how I started in mine is talking to other people and it yes. is holding that kind of, I suppose, time for, as you say, there's room for everyone and, yeah. and, and coaches as well. Look, they're, they're 10 a penny, but like there is room for everyone and you will find your own and, yeah. um, knowing get comfortable with what who where you like yeah that's what I say especially yeah. at there's something sweet spot after 35 where you start going that fuck it like yeah. I you know like I I know what I like now and I know yeah. what I feckin' don't like yeah you know and you're, to- you're you you tolerate so much less like I put something up yesterday and I was like yeah. you you like you basically get what you accept so if you accept a certain behavior from people you'll get it again you'll keep getting it and it's yeah. like no yeah. cut cut that shit you know you yeah. don't need yeah. it it's as I declined to talk about pandering you know um and that's like feeling of low self-worth that we you know that fear to become we speak we I'm going to get smaller to allow you to get bigger and where's the equality in that you know yeah. and knowing that you deserve a place in this world and you deserve to have boundaries, have your values, know what they are and really, really discover who I am. And I think that's about it. Knowing who we are, we all then can give to ourselves and others. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so obviously the the breathing and the, the cold and everything like that, what else do you do for you to switch off in the sense that I know we live a lot of our lives on- online and you're, you've been working and you've been yeah. going through this journey of, of of illness what do you do for you outside of that it really I where I've got all my healing in particular the last few months is just nature I just have to get out in the fresh air I have to get away I live on the probably the busiest road in Dublin um but I'm very lucky once I cross that road I'm on the beach yeah um I have to get a daily walk in even as sick as I was you know I had to get out even if it was five or ten minutes and just breathe in nature, appreciate something bigger than me. And that's why I think sea swimming is, is brilliant. Wherever you get to do that, do it as often as you can, because you stop. We, we all get sucked into the busyness and wherever you get a chance to pause. And I mean, if that's on the loo and it's three breaths and long, three long exhales to, mm-hmm. you know, activate the vagus nerve take it. You know, I don't start any meetings. I, I, I chair without some breath work. Um, and it really, really gets people into the moment because they forget to breathe. They get get to three o'clock in the day and they're like, you know what, Norma, I didn't I haven't taken a breath yet. Yeah. So it's gonna always be the breath. Um and really simple things if you can get into nature. And I mean like if you're in an office and there's a plant sit near it. Like yeah. it's simple as that. Yeah. Even if even if it's a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> just appreciate there's something bigger than you and there's so much more going on. And it just gives you that perspective in the moment. And I when things get, you know, when you're looking at a screen, you know, and you need to look up, you need to look at something else, have something pretty to look at in your periphery, just to take you away for that moment. It's so important. And do you have um, a mission statement in life, in, in career, in, is there anything that drives you, any kind of mantra that drives you? Yeah, like, I, you know, it's so funny as a marketeer, you know, I should have a mission statement for my business, but I'm one of those like fraudulent marketeers. I help other people and not myself. Um, I, I do in that. And it's so fucking cheesy, you know what it is like, be the change, you know, be the change yeah. you want the world to be. I do think 
that came into my life a few years ago and it allows me to be vulnerable. It allows me to share what I'm experiencing to help others and be brave and be courageous. Um, um, but now with a with an added bonus of being compassionate to myself in that moment as well, not to give away everything. Um, and that's really, really important. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think I think compassion and sharing and balance is really kind of my three kind of things that I'm trying to live now. And um, and believe me, I don't get it right every day. Um, I'm human. I fuck it up all the time. But I bring it back to that, you know, when I have those yeah. three things, you know, things are in flow. They're good, you know. And in your business or your your work here, your your corporate career, do you are you efficient? Do you have any tips on efficiency? Because I look at you and I I don't I see I see nature. I see but I also I, I for some reason I see efficiency. Do you have any I know I think the perception might be that I'm super efficient and I probably am to a point, but then I'm really reckless in other aspects. I am I, you know, I, I, I do think the secret is there you see it in younger people they don't anticipate okay. and, and, and anticipation of fear is very different anticipation is planning you know like I have a weekly planner um the fabulous uh, navigation coach Tara Rafter does these brilliant kind of weekly planners and on a Sunday night I kind of write out what my week is yeah. um whether that's you know the you know the day is kind of full with meetings or whatever but it's you know lunchtime walk like put it in or um whether it's yoga or whether it's you know um swimming that I put it in and if it doesn't if it's not there you know sometimes it doesn't happen or I haven't committed to it yes you know like putting it on paper for me is the commitment um uh I hate to cancel things in fact it's probably an Achilles for me because then I might forgo my own space right when I should cancel something and I think I'm, I'm getting more into that now uh, like I think we're all in this place of overwhelm now that the world is backed open, start saying no to things. Like, you know, I my body getting COVID the second time now has really just told me to cop the fuck on yeah. and slow down a bit. I was trying yeah. to run before I could walk there. Yeah. When I had I've had very few weeks of wellness in twenty twenty two, full utter wellness I could say. Yeah. And now that I'm I got COVID again, it slowed me down a little and I started to say no to things that I had committed yeah. to and I hate to cancel, but like I'm overwhelmed. There's too much on and I am not going to be a good person or being present for the other things like this podcast. You know, if I didn't get home, you know, to Limerick last night to make the space for this, because it was something I really wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't want to rush. I am done rushing in life. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'm, I want to be more present. And if that means I have to do less things, but when I do the things I enjoy, then I'm going to be a nicer person yeah. and I'm going to enjoy the moment as opposed to going, fuck's sake I have to go to this thing now you know life shouldn't be like that now we did not have and go through the shed of the last two years to put us into of course there's always going to be things that we're at that we don't want to have to do absolutely but try and try and bake in more of the nose and more of what you want to do whether that's with your family or away from your family you know <laughs> um that's that's yeah that's that's efficiency because it's it there's compassion within efficiency if yes. that's possible and you it's know, like yeah. it's just doing things that bring you joy isn't it really like, oh my god like yeah. honestly I after being I had three months in bed in 2022 I am like where is the I'm such a joy seeker that like it's the magpie <laughs> I was coming back to the magpie thing like shiny new that I have to say no I have to say no because I, know, I 
not only would be broke in purse and time, you know, <laughs> so, but yeah, all it's good. Like, oh yeah, I might sleep. I might sleep at some stage. Oh no, know. sleep <laughs> is, sleep is my elixir in life. Absolute oh, yeah. elixir. Absolutely. Sacred. Sacred. Totally Sacred. agree. Have um, you any other projects in the pipeline? Have you anything exciting coming up that you can talk about that you cannot yeah, talk about? Yeah, I think I've already kind of mentioned that it is stepping my toe into helping women through midlife and menopause yeah. you know I yeah. I it's really seeing if I can help other people I don't know if I can yet you know um so I I am I'm, I'm somebody who plants a seed and I kind of see where it goes and if it's meant to it will I put energy towards it but not so much that it takes me off other things that I enjoy as well so we'll see how what comes of that but I I I am returning to work I've yes. been off for a while um getting back to my team and who I love and, and helping small businesses again um that's the short term and you know definitely long term I am pivoting you know I'm in a transition phase for sure um and I don't know what that means yet and I think a huge part of my work is trusting that it'll all work out yeah I didn't there's a, a a really I'm a blind optimist. Like I didn't go through all the shit of the last years for things, good things not to happen. I really do think some good things are coming my way. I don't know what they are yet. Yes. Yep. Stay tuned for yep. updates. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. Like that's yeah. I I can totally empathize with that because you you just have to hope that good things are coming your way. And the, you, yeah. I think you know in your gut is just yeah. It's such yeah. a strong thing. You know when good Massive. things are coming. You know, yeah. You know. And I and I and I know. You know, I I my birthday was yesterday. So Happy birthday! Yes, thank you. I was like, that was a shameless plug there, but no, I it's it's the new year thing for yeah. me. My my new year is my birthday, and I have yeah, I have this rumbling of good stuff is going to happen. Yeah. I really didn't see what was happening. Like I had two surgeries at forty three. You know, I really didn't see that coming, but I. It has will stand to me. The resilience yeah. I I got in the last twelve months alone, I know is going to help me and others. So good things, yeah. That's are, are it. On the way. That's it. And yeah. um, so at corporate cam, we're all about taking a risk to create your own happiness. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody, and whether they're taking a leap into a new business or taking a leap into a transition in their corporate life? What What would you say to them? I think there's two things. It's probably the, the coach in me is going to say, get a coach, you know, like don't go it alone. And again, it doesn't always have to be a coach. It can be a mentor um, and know the difference. You know, one is going to tell and one is going to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, get yourself a community of people around you that are going through something similar or who have gone ahead of you. I do think there it can be a lonely place in transition phase um, and you don't feel you can identify. So seek out that and ask, ask your peers, one thing I think in any place is, is people, you know, the teacher shows up when the student is ready. So somebody says, come here, that could be a great person to speak to. Uh, and you know, Linda, you're the same as me. If people ask for a cup of coffee, nine times out of 10, I'll say yes. Yeah. You know, and they're free cups of coffees, you know, um, whether that's online, Linda and I have never met, you know, yeah. um, we connected through social and you're only delighted to talk to people yeah, and absolutely. we all want to help people. It's in us. So, you know, don't be afraid if somebody suggests someone go along and, and meet them and all those, the cups of coffee I've had feckin' 10 years ago are still coming good now, you know, yeah. that kind of way. Yeah. 
So you just never know who you're going to meet. And honestly, I've met the, mo- the coolest people at the most random things. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I uh, my latest really uh, new friend, as I call her, who's amazing. I met at a flower arranging class, you know. I love like, it. I love and it. I'm t- totally spirits. getting the name of that flower arranging class. Actually, oh my God, because that's, minds. they're yeah, amazing. I totally amazing. want that is on my bucket list yeah. of things yeah. to do. Love it. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Uh, and again, it's like rest comes in different ways. For me, I had to get out of my apartment to really heal for the yeah. last few months and reconnecting with people. It was being sick is quite lonely. Nobody can carry yeah. the pain for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I ended up like booking like a flower arranging class and met some a fabulous person at it. And, you know, I think it is that it's like opportunities will come where they're meant to come. Um, and there's a natural progression. But put yourself in the right place. Yeah, so yeah I think that works out. Um, so each week we have an either or section for um, our guest. And uh, this week, I'm just going to straight into it for yourself, Norma. So tea or coffee? Tea. Tea, tea, tea. tea. Uh, learning or teaching? Learning. learning. Winter or summer? Summer. I'm a summer baby. Uh, bubbles or beer? Bubbles. A podcast, a podcast or a book? Ooh. Podcast. I'm going to have to say that, but I, I, I'm so, I'm Aral. I did French. I'm, I'm listening. So <laughs> yeah, I'd probably listen to 10 podcasts before I'd read, get through the one book. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, swim or yoga? Ooh. <laughs> See, this is, this, this is, these peripheries are really hard for me because I'm, I'm all about the balance. Can I do yoga by the sea? Oh, that's a good, that's a good, uh, a, a good solution. And then swim after. Yeah. <laughs> a massage or a facial? Full massage, full body, holistic. Yeah. And uh, the cold or the heat? <laughs> oh, it's going to be the cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have to be the cold, even though I, 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 I yeah, I, I, I enjoy both now, but it's, yeah, preference, definitely cold now because it like, gives me so much more, brings me into the moment so much more. And one last one, the officer Zoom meeting. Again, I can't do extremes. It's got to be a balance of both. Yeah, I need people in physical format, even if it's I can do a day of Zooms if I know I'm meeting somebody that evening. Yeah. Or I've had, you know, I have a connection with a real inhuman person. I can do both, but I thrive best probably in an office environment, but only probably one day a week. I yeah. love to retreat. I am an introvert, extroverted introvert. Oh, you know, I have. Do you know what? I have said that about me so many times. Yeah, I really, I am like the life and soul. And then I'm yeah. like, go away. <sighs> Retreat. I am fetal, <laughs> fetal position in the bed. I, 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 and I live alone. Right. So I, I am the energizer bunny, but like I need my rest and I need my retreat. I'm, I'm off to Kerry this evening, uh, Linda, for my own Fabulous. personal retreat every Fabulous. year for the last year since my birthday, I go away. And I, I try and get rid of the tech, bring a few books, write, get into nature. Um, and it. that's what's ahead for me, because then I can give so much more to other people. So I love yeah. it. it's that's where like I'm that. after. It is just so important. And as you say, it's not about yeah. it, it is about eating right. It is about exercise, but it's about being present for you as well. And it's about taking 100%. yourself out of that. I love it. Yeah. Um, if people want to find you, where can they find you? So, yeah, I think the place where I'm most present and back online again now is at Norma O'Kelly on Instagram. Um, I'm not so as present on Facebook. Um, and uh, normokelly.e is my 
uh, website that is in need of some love and updating, but um, it does have my email address on that. But also all my links are on at Norma O'Kelly um, um, on Instagram. So yeah, you can find me there. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, Norma. Linda, thank you. This has been fab. You've gotten me into the podcast vibe again, so it'll it'll spur me on to get back to my own. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I felt it's been very cathartic for me. So thank you as well. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Thanks a million. Thank you for listening to the Corporate to Calm podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to calm. Mm-hmm.